If you think the football media moves on too quickly from your team's great win, we're here for you. On the How About Em Footy podcast, we are just as pumped about the win as you are, and we hope our deep dive analysis prolongs the win for you. How about them cats? An A triple plus performance. Ollie, who's the player of the game in this prelim final? I had Patrick Dangerfield as the player of the game. He stamped his mark on the game very early with that mark and goal. And he was he was just a gallant throughout the game. His aerial presence was really noticeable. Uh, he had nine marks, two contested, to go along with two goals, 28 touches, eight score involvements, eight clearances, three inside 50s. It was an unbelievable game. He was an animal early around the ball and kicked the two early goals when the game was most there to be won. Yeah. But he worked very, very hard throughout the game. He kept working till the end. The commentators were saying, take him off because he's so important for next week. Yeah. Did you think this part of Dangerfield's career would come where, you know, he used to be an every single week kind of performer and he was a Brownlow contender. It felt like he was primed for this one. It felt like he, he was built up by the footy club for this game and launched them into a grand final. Yeah, I think credit to the Geelong coaching staff for managing Patrick Dangerfield. So I remember watching him early in the year and you could still tell that he's Patrick Dangerfield, but it wasn't a four-quarter performance. It was picking and choosing, whereas this game felt like he, he marked his... He put his stamp on the game every quarter, and I think he was primed beautifully for it. He's still an incredible athlete. He can you know, land on the ball and then jump up like a cat and yeah. run away with it. He'd, he'd be so physically difficult to handle, and there were times where he was having contests with someone like Lockie Neal, who is that every-week star of the AFL right now, and danger was just too much of him, a true champion of the game. Yeah, and... Yeah, that, that's a really good point. And there was a few times where he would mark the ball at the highest point, as BT mentioned a few times, and then he'd get he'd land on his feet and then just play on straight away. Yep. Just this really quick Geelong ball movement was exemplified by Patrick Dangerfield. So I thought he just had a fantastic game. Yeah, I agree with that. I think he was the best on the ground. Yes. And no hipster pick for you? N- no hipster pick. In fact, my pick isn't a hipster pick at all. But um, it's, it's Tom Hawkins, I think, is probably second up there. He had a little bit of the yips in the first half. Yeah. He had a difficult matchup as well. If I were to design someone in a lab to defend Tom Hawkins, I'd say Harris Andrews would be right up there because Andrews is so long, his wingspan's so long, that he can play in front and Hawkins likes to play from behind, but Andrews can disrupt that. But watching this game over, Hawkins really wore him down as the game wore on and managed to uh, continually beat him in contests in the second half. His ball use is exquisite. What do you think of Hawkins' game? Yeah, I, I think he was the second best player. Uh, his, his yips in the first half really stopped him from having a 5-6 goal game, but four goals, three is nothing to sneeze at. Uh, and yeah, I, I think Harris Andrews is a really nice uh, matchup. But this is, is testament to how good Geelong's midfield were and defence to be able to give Tomahawk so much opportunity. And also watching the replay, you watch how well Geelong forwards lead for each other to create space. There's only one or two times that we saw that they got in each other's way and allowed a Brisbane defender to peel off and um, and to make their mark on the contest. Uh, and so, yeah, there's a lot of one-on-one plays between Tomahawk and Harris Andrews. And, yeah, to kick four goals three in a final is a yeah, huge effort. You're absolutely right. He's... 
teammates support him by leading up at the ball. And Brisbane had to respect those players leading up at the ball, like Cameron and Rowan, which meant that Hawkins got isolated one out a lot so he could really work over his opponent. So good. Yeah. Now, you... Um, we're going to try and call my pick a hipster pick. <laughs> I'm sensing that your next pick here is going to be a hipster pick. Who's Who else is in the best for you? Uh, my third best player is Colo Dajani. Colo. Yep. He was everywhere from a defensive point of view. Uh, just high-level stats. He had 23 touches, 13 intercept possessions, nine marks, four of them contested, and seven score involvements. And there was times in the game where every time Brisbane kicked the ball outside of their defensive 50... Colo would just mark it or he'd intercept it or he'd make a really good tackle and then the ball would spill loose and they'd kick a goal. So I th- he's my, he was my third best player. I thought he was a colossus. He was at the start of a lot of scoring chains and I've never thought of Colo Jasny as a dominant player. He was dominant in this game. Yeah, yeah. I thought he that was the best game I've seen him play and if he can carry that form into next week, he'll be a red-hot shot for the Norm Smith yeah, it was it was excellent. How anyone else in your best? So, so I've got this one might be more of a hipster pick, but uh, I love Joel Selwood, and I'm going to put him <laughs> as my fourth best player. Uh, Who's that? Pardon? Who's Joel Selwood? Uh, he's the captain of Geelong. Oh right, yeah, okay, pretty good yeah. player. Um, been around. So I was shocked when I looked at his stats at the end of the game. He only had twelve touches, I think. But he had seven tackles, six clearances, five inside 50s, and a really good goal. And that, some of those that, those clearances were vintage Joel Selwood. He had that beautiful hit up to Tom Hawkins. But what else he did was he really quelled Lockie Neal. Yep. So yep. He, he, I think he, he was one of about three or four players rotating on him. And a lot of times when we were watching the replay, it was Selwood on Neal, stopping Neal's run, and then getting the clearance himself. He was like a brick wall in front of Neil at one stage and then he ran out of the clearance with a very Neil-esque clearance as <laughs> yeah. well where he retrieved the ball cleanly and skipped away. Yeah. Yeah, he was excellent. I'm actually flabbergasted that he had 12 touches. Yeah. If you look at the if you watch the game his impact was much bigger than what 12 touches would suggest. Yeah, well he, he's going to prop up in another few uh, few cats which sort of speaks to the influence that he has that he doesn't need the ball. Yep. To have, be an impactful player because he's just so smart, so cerebral, just does the right the, the right thing for the team every time he's near the ball. Yep, which speaks to the impact. So I, yeah, even though he had you know just a handful of touches, I thought he was their fourth best player. It's a testament to the Cats that three of the players we've mentioned are champions of the game: Selwood, Danger, and Hawkins, and they lifted for the occasion. They they really and. There was a lot. There's a lot of other contributors. Have you yeah. got any honourable mentions in the best category, or players that don't belong necessarily as the best player of the game, but don't fit in other categories for this chat? Yeah, there's quite a few players who I'd go. Uh, first one I want to mention would be Mitch Duncan. Yep. So Mitch Duncan was is a really nice link up player. He was everywhere. His his work rate was phenomenal because he just seemed to be everywhere, which. You know, it culminated in him getting about 26 touches. So really busy. But, I, you know, I wouldn't have him in their best, but I didn't know where else to put him. So I put Mitch Duncan in, and he's a, like, he's just such a good player that, you know, you just have to put him somewhere. He didn't necessarily break the game open, no. but he did nothing wrong across the game and was prolific. Yeah. How about yourself? 
I'd say Cam Guthrie was excellent. Uh, he's a mainstay of that midfield, and they just don't do anything wrong. They block your exits. Yeah. So Cam Guthrie's up there. Who else is for you? Uh, Tom Stewart, uh, you know, full-time All-Australian Tom Stewart. Uh, had a few uh, key intercept marks, but, you know, he, he's the – I think he's their main guy down in defence, and their defence was outstanding today. They Everything Brisbane – every like Brisbane had to work really hard – for everything they got, and Tom Stewart's one of the main reasons for that. Uh, well, I wouldn't, wouldn't say he's one of his best games, but yeah, su- such a superstar. He makes Geelong a pretty fun team to root for because the other team can be kicking uncontested inside 50. Like I saw Zorko do at one stage, and Stewart's just there to mark it uncontested yeah. himself. Yeah, well, how about in the first quarter, I think Lincoln McCarthy was running through the centre, and he's just like, I'm just going to kick it. Yeah, <laughs> forward, and it just went to Tom Stewart, and then they rebounded really nicely. Yeah, absolutely. What was your one percenter of the game? So I've got there's a lot of one percenters, but my favorite one percenter was actually in the first quarter. Um, it was a Guthrie slap to Dangerfield's second goal. I had the same one. Yeah, just something out of nothing. I loved the, We loved the something out of nothings, and that was something out of nothing. And Danger's finish was class. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think if it results in a goal, it's a hot point in the game. Uh, that's my one as well. Any yeah. other one percenters? Yeah, and then in the second, um, our guy Colo stripped uh, Bailey of the ball. Yep. And then this resulted in an inside 50 where Tom Hawk slipped over. Yep. And balled it to Cameron, and then it was a Myers goal. Yep. Against, I think Brisbane, Brisbane were looking to rebound, uh, rebound fifty, and Colo stopped that with a strip, resulting in a Geelong goal. Yeah, created the turnover that led to the goal. That was such a great goal to watch because Hawkins slipped over, and you know I think Anthony Hudson's a great Geelong supporter yeah. and caller, and he's always said in the past when they get numbers to the ball, support numbers. The cattery has arrived. Yeah. And the cattery arrived to help Hawkins when he slipped over and they were perfectly separated. So he could hit Cameron, who could hit Myers, who finished beautifully. Yeah. And I've got another one. Yep. Uh, again, in the second quarter, it was a Reese Stanley kicking down the uh, guts. Yep. And I think Selwood was caught out of position, but he willed himself to half the contest. And then this led to another Tomahawk goal. Yeah, that was an amazing team goal. Yeah, that was an amazing team goal. And that, that Selwood effort, I think, was one of the uh, 1% of the game. And it shows, you know, this doesn't come up on the stat sheet, but this is why Selwood, for, for mine, was one of the best players in the game. I agree. That's one of those sequences where Brisbane looked like they were close to turning it over. Yeah. And Geelong just make everything so hard for so, you in that sense. Yeah. Great for you to mention that one percenter. There was another one percenter in that sequence, or maybe it counts as a kick, which was just a kick along the ground, a soccer on the ground by close in yeah. that surge forward. And the support numbers once again led to the goal. So good. Yeah, the category arrived often yep. in this game. And then there's one last one in the fourth quarter. Yep. Geelong up by 70 points. Yep. And Henry did an important spoil in the defensive 50. Even though the game had been won, you know, you're playing a grand final next week. Maybe, you know, you put the queue up in the rack, but not Henry. Yeah, the defenders in that last quarter got to show their wares with some, some of those dream spoils that we love to see. Because yeah. I think Brisbane, because the game was over, Brisbane had a little bit more territory in the last quarter. Yeah. So those defenders, deconing us or do the same, just coming across and 
punching it 20 meters out of bounds. It's so, so good. Yeah. I've got another one percenter for you, which is the Stengel snap goal came from a surge. And in that surge, um, he got a handball receive, I believe, from Close. Close got it from a slap from Smith. So lots of slapping going yeah. on leading to goals. Yeah, there was an early, speaking of slapping, there was an early Jeremy Cameron slap in the first quarter when he was on the deck, on the centre wing. Yes, it shows their connectivity, their trust for their opponent to to be there and the the numbers will come, so keep the ball in motion. The other one percenter I've got is more of a, um, similar to you last week, having Marbo and the Vibe as your (laughs) one percenter section, the general pressure from the midfielders. It's, they block exits, yep. and it's very hard to waltz the ball out the front of a stoppage against the Cats. And so guys like Atkins, Guthrie, Close, Holmes, and even the Ruckman to just pressure acts constantly in stoppages. So there's a whole lot of one percenters in pressure acts, yep. but it's the weight of those across a game that really can wear a team down. How was the game played? I feel this game was very much played on Geelong's terms. Uh, the first quarter was a bit of an arm wrestle. Uh, Brisbane had a few repeat 50s, but Geelong's defence held up beautifully. But after the first quarter, this was a pretty much a Geelong procession. Uh, the only thing that kept the score close in the second quarter was Geelong's wayward kicking. And then once that was fixed, then this was just one-way traffic. Um, Geelong dominated in pretty much all um, aspects of the game. Their clearance work... Uh, contested possession and also field position, especially on a defensive end. And what I think Geelong do better than most teams is they condense the game and then they con- and then they uh, contrast. Mm-hmm. So, so they a lot of like when the ball hits the deck in the defensive fifty, there's a lot of Geelong players near the drop of the ball, like four or five players, yep. and then they just fling the ball forward, and then they have three or four players constantly near the ball. Mm-hmm. And Brisbane had no answer for this. Yeah, incredibly hardworking and so much trust. Yeah. My, my favourite element of their game, it was their defence because you could tell the, the different layers to the defence. The pressure at the ball and at the source was excellent all game, which forced Brisbane to execute. There were some nice passages with Rayner and Danaher early trying to cut through the sort of rolling mall of Cats defenders. But they would have to perfect all of that which is not easy negotiate traffic and then they'd often be kicking to an out number yeah and the cats in my opinion use the plus one behind the ball better than any team in the afl and i think it's because they have every single one of their defenders is reliable at sticking to their man which means the plus one can hunt the ball and so it looked like brisbane going forward instead of kicking to brisbane forwards they were looking away from how do I get it away from the Geelong plus one. It was very often Stewart or Collegiasny, but they, they they work on a string back there. It was so good to see. Yeah, about their, their defence just... Yeah, they always seem to have numbers down back. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to know why. You want to know why. It looked like Geelong had two or three extra players on every part of the field last night. Yep. Uh, and it's just their work rate, their field position. And back to a previous um, point that you made with... So I think last week, if you remember, what Brisbane did in order to um, really get on top of Melbourne was the was the clearance work, and then they were able to stream forward from really good clearance work. And Geelong stopped that. Like I think there was only one or two uh, clear clearance wins from Brisbane all night. Yeah, 
excellent defensive midfield. Yeah. Excellent defensive midfield. Good attacking midfield as well. Good attacking midfield. So they've got that that two-way running down pat yep. so well. And I think, you know, it's going to be hard to for any midfield to get on top of Geelong for four quarters in order to be able to beat beat them and kick a winning goal. So they plan wins. really well for star opposition midfielders, I've noticed. Sometimes yep. the three guys that are in, in the centre clearance for the Cats could be Holmes, Guthrie and Atkins who might not and, – and, you know, the Geelong Ruckman also aren't celebrated as um, A-list Ruckman necessarily, but they they don't get beaten. They yeah. just don't get beaten. Well, I th- yeah, I think that's a really good point because, you know, who Brisbane's best players didn't do much last night. Lockie Neal was really well held. Um, Danaher did nothing. Hipwood had an excellent game last week, um, did, didn't do much. Bailey – had like he was trying hard, but I think the Geelong were living in his head because he had a few uh, uncharacteristic miskicks. Yep, Cameron Charlie Cameron, well held by views. I, th- you know who who was Brisbane's best player? It's I think it could have been Rayner, and the reason why Rayner was their best player was because he can stand up and evade tackles, which goes to show how good this Geelong's defensive midfield is. Yes, the the pressure started. For Geelong, the moment the ball bounced, every sequence. But so many of their goals were generated from pressure. They had several turnover goals. Yeah. You mentioned Kola Jasny's um, pressure act to, to spring, springboard a goal. They had a couple of holding the balls inside 50 as well in yeah. the first quarter. Yeah. So even their stoppage goals were coming from pressure. Yeah. And then, and so when we talk about their, uh, their dominance when the ball's on the deck, they also had the aerial dominance. That's it. Defensively, but also Dangerfield is flying and marking the ball from all angles. Yep. So there's a pretty complete performance by Geelong and they showed their superiority in pretty much every aspect of the game. A triple plus. You, you yeah. mentioned the support run as well. There's, they've always... They condense and contrast, condense and expand. Yeah. I think there was a passage that I want to shout out where Zach Guthrie was at the start of a chain, of a handball chain and then managed to get out on the end of the handball chain. So it suggests they work so hard running for each other Yeah. Um, offensively. Can I just use this segment, the How Is The Game Played segment, to give a shout-out to Chris Scott? Um, so his first year was 2011, where they won a premiership, and he's had eight prelims that he's taken them to. So his performance has been absolutely excellent. I think there's probably not a coach in the AFL that... Get, has the boots stuck into him as quickly despite good performance as Chris Scott because they've they because they haven't won a flag since 2011 but they've been good every single year people forget that two years ago they made a grand final and here they are they're back in another so it's a little bit of a myth some of some of what's been said about him over the years he's he's a tremendous coach and this team he's he's maximizing his weapons like he's the way he weaponizes Cameron to get him up up the ground and use his foot skills even on the half back line he uses his running power to provide an extra in defense at times he puts him in stoppages what he does with the ruckman yeah, is absolutely us. brilliant and so chris scott shout out to you he won two premierships as a brisbane player and it's fitting that he would beat Brisbane to get into a grand final to possibly win his second premiership as the Geelong coach. Yeah. No, he's a, he's a special coach. And another testament to his ability as a coach is uh, the bottom five players and the role that they play. Yes. And how like who were Geelong's bottom five players today? 
not sure. Yeah, exactly. Their role players are so good, and they have role player skills that you don't you don't expect from role players. Like Ryan Myers is an excellent inside fifty kick. Amazing. Being a good inside fifty kick is a difficult skill to find in the AFL. So if you get your role players doing that, then yep. that's great. Gary Rowan, the other one, yeah, Mr. September him? himself. Yep. Uh, yep. Yeah. So he has a reputation, uh, but this final series, he's putting that to bed, and he's such a He's, he's got everything. I think he was a high draft pick because he's because he's got a lot of skills on paper, like really good aerialist, really fast. Um, he's good when the ball's on the deck. You know, if Gary Rowan kicks six goals for you, you're like, yeah, that's fair enough. But if he has one touch of the game, you're also like, fair enough. But he's he's finding a home at Geelong and he's found a coach that's willing to, you know, put him in the position to succeed. Yeah, he's, he's a really good pack mark. He's really good overhead. Or he presents in packs. And he's lightning fast on the deck. And as you mentioned, if a goal, if a role player can kick you six, yeah. and you're like, oh yeah, good on him, then you're in a pretty good position. Yeah. Not many role players are just casually getting you six, are they? Yeah, exactly. Um, but it's not just Chris Scott, but it's Geelong Football Club. Yes. Their development coaches, their talent scouts, and also the the culture that the likes of Joel Selwood and Tomahawks create. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, it's just a testament to how good this football club is. You have you, nothing but respect. Who is your young player of the game? I'm going to give it to Myers. Uh, so as you said, his inside fifty kicking, fantastic. He had a really beautiful spot up to Hawkins and another to Jeremy Cameron, and he also kicked a few goals himself. And it's a bit of an unconventional style that he plays, but very effective, and he's quite prolific as well. So I'm going to give it to Myers. I agree. He's my young player of the game. Uh, one that I've got, I've got Stengel. If you kick three goals and none of them are easy, uh, that gets you my one of my young players of the game. I think his banana in the first quarter off the holding the ball, he looked so relaxed. He looked so, so relaxed. He, was, he looked half asleep as he kicked it and it was so such a good finish. Um, so I've got Stengel. Who else yeah. is in your young boys? Uh, so he, again... Might not have been one of his best games, but Sam DeConing, you can tell why Geelong are hot on him. He he outplayed Danaher in the second half when he was playing against him with a few nice marks and halving contests. And yeah, this guy is going to be one of the best key position defenders uh, for a very long time. Fully agree. I think he had an excellent game. Yeah. Uh, I reckon Close deserves a shout out. He, he was also prolific. And I didn't realise that there's so much to his game, but he goes in uh, centre clearances and stoppages a fair amount. His pressure in those stoppages and in the forward line is excellent. His support run. I think Close has a lot to do with the way Geelong look these days. They look like a very quick team. They can, they can stream in numbers with great leg speed. And, it's, and Close has a lot to do with that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. And also a shout-out to Holmes. So I thought he was pretty busy. Uh, he's the youngest player. Um, again, he's really fast and fast. Had that really nice uh, intercept mark in the first passage of play and then kicked it to Dangerfield. Yeah. And it looks like he's done his hamstring. His yeah, it's, hamstring. it's actually heartbreaking because yeah. like, he's been really impressive. I really like him. Yeah, yeah. So shout-out to him. Yeah. Um, I also want to give a shout out to Zach Guthrie. Zach Guthrie's a um, he's young enough to fit in this category <laughs> for me, and I think he's an excellent player. He's he's really good with ball in hand, very reliable defender. Managed to jag himself a goal. So 
and giving Guthrie a shout-out. Who is your unheralded player of the game? So my unheralded player of the game, I'm going to give it to Adkins again. Yep. Yep, I, I love this guy. Yep. He, um, he it looked like he hurt his rib or something in the first quarter, but came out and was really busy. Again, played an important role on quelling uh, Lockie Neal. Yep. And then he had a few important clearances himself. And again, like, he's just come from, from nowhere. Mm-hmm. He's a classic Geelong, classic, classic Geelong, just being able to pluck these players from nowhere and then playing, A, becoming role players and then coming from becoming role players to really good players. And I see this similar trajectory for Adkins. So I'm going to go, yeah, Adkins. Great call. Three bullet points summarise his game. Tenacious, clean and can cover the ground. I really like watching Adkins play. I'm going to hit you with a guy you had in your best, obviously, which is College Jasney. I don't think he's a very heralded player, but to be in the best, I'm also giving him a shout-out for yeah. unheralded. Uh, best game I've seen him play. So I'm giving it to him. Uh, any other unheralded for you? Yeah, I just want to give another... We've talked about him previously, but uh, Gary Rowan. Really happy to see that he's you know playing well in finals. Um, because you, you know, when you talk to your friends about Gary Rowan, you say, "Oh, how does he go in finals?" Everyone would say a, a very similar things, and his two final series uh, games this series have been really, really impressive. Yep. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna yeah shout out to Gary Rowan playing his role to perfection, just like Reece Stanley, who's another player who's been kind of maligned. But I'm gonna give this as a dual package to Stanley and Blissarps. I yep. think that I think. They are doing an excellent job, and they're both demonstrating great versatility. I think Stanley in particular's hands on the deck were quite clean, especially in the back line. Yeah, um, it's great to see him perform behind the ball and show versatility yep. to his game. So he's, he had some really nice kicks from out uh, from def- defensive fifty. Yeah, absolutely. So got to give the ruckman a yell, and and also Jed Buse. Yes, uh, he's an important. Defender and he had the the tough task of playing on Charlie Cameron. Yep. And Charlie, after last week's heroics, uh, came crashing down to earth. And then he gave away that one free kick. Um, but yeah, he wore him like a glove. And I think Charlie Cameron's last um, snap a goal, which never looked like going in, just a testament to how tough a game that Cameron um, had playing on Buse. Yeah, absolutely. I think Henry deserves a call for this as well. He's he's a young player as well, and he doesn't never does anything wrong, does he? I really like Henry. Yeah. Who brought the good vibes for you in this game? For me, the tomahawk. Yep, tomahawk. It just seems like a lovely fella who just gets around his teammates. Um, he loves a goal himself, but he loves to set up a goal as well. Uh, and whenever one of his teammates kicks a goal, he's just there giving them some love, pointing at whoever he's kicked a good kick. Just, yeah, Tomahawk brought the good vibes of mine. Yeah, there's a few moments that leap out to me. The Myers kick, which we'll bring up later, which set Hawkins up for a goal. After that goal, Hawkins got around Myers and was like, that was beautiful. Yeah. And the other one is when Hawkins kicked the set shot. So this is, you know, this is there's a bit of preamble to this, which is, he had the yips in the first half. At halftime, he has an interview with Richo, and Richo stirs him. He says, have you got my kicking boots on? 
And then Tom Hawkins goes to shake his hand goodbye and Richo leaves him hanging, which is devastating. It's a lot to come back from. Um, And Hawkins comes out and nails his first set shot, which wasn't necessarily an easy one, and does this self-referential, you know, self-demonstrated self-awareness with this cheeky face he gave off to the crowd. Yeah. Yeah, you love to see it. He plays with the right spirit, doesn't he? Yeah. No, Tom Hawk for mine as well. Okay, well, my good vibes is um, Selwood. What's his game known for, in your opinion, with one word? Uh, Contest. Yep, contest, hardness, toughness. So good vibes for me, tender Selwood. (laughs) The tenderness I saw from Joel Selwood in this towards the end of this game where there was a little passage on the bench where him and Danger were just holding hands and expressing their sort of love for each other, just saying, well done, mate, well done, because they've just put the club into another grand final. Lovely, tender moment. And then I noticed in the interview after the game, he said that he had given, in these are his words, a little cuddle to Holmes to get around him because he knows how much Holmes has worked. This guy cares so much about all his teammates and having tenderness from one of the best captains the club will ever have. In the AFL. In the AFL, the AFL will ever have. I think that wins my good vibes. Yeah. On your Selwood. On ya. What was the goal of the game? Uh, I've got a few in contention, but my favourite goal was the Tomahawk half volley pickup. And then he just finds Stengel in the, on the boundary and then Stengel, as easy as you like, just places the ball in for a goal. Oh, it's such a good scoop, wasn't it? Such great clean hands by the big man. Great yep. team goal because it required Hawkins to execute there. But there was also a really long link-up handball sequence to get the ball inside 50. It was a Rowan inside 50. There's a Zach Guthrie follow-up effort in that link-up. But the Hawkins scoop, was, yes. that was the highlight. That was unreal. Yeah. I am going to go with Dangerfields. This is the best individual goal of the game, I think. For degree of difficulty, he, Dangerfield's second goal, which came from the tap from Guthrie, that's a difficult kick. Uh, he got it straight onto the boot and hit it so pure. Yeah. Yeah. The sailed through. Um, yep. The other goal that I really liked was the close goal um, when he was running from outside 50, into inside 50, and then he uh, kicked the goal. So that was a really good team play. So that was actually from a kick-in from Tom Stewart. So he kicked the ball and then there was a bit of a contest and then Duncan emerged with the ball to, to Smith and then Smith hit up close and then close just finished it. It was just end-to-end goal. And this was one of many pretty end-to-end goals from Geelong. But this was my favourite because it was a really class finish from one of their young players. It looked scintillating, didn't it? Yeah. Absolutely scintillating. Well, I want to give the Hawkins banana um, in the second quarter, which I think was his first goal of the game. A shout-out because you mentioned the Selwood spoil. That's that, that was the start of this chain, and it just went to show that it was very similar aesthetically where once they've won the ball, it's a sprawling support run of players, and it ends up in Hawkins' hands, and he, he needed to get on the board. Yeah, he did, and, yeah, I love that goal as well. Another, yeah, Selwood masterclass, I reckon. Quick category here. What was your favourite kick of the game? 
there's a few beautiful inside 50s, but Myers inside 50, the weighting to Hawkins, it, it went just over the Brisbane defender's um, fingertips into Hawkins' loving arms. Oh, that was my kick for the game. It was such a good kick. That has to win it. Yep. It had to be perfect. I'm going to roll with Holmes' first kick of the game, which the Cats were so good at creating the hole for Dangerfield to lead into, and he uh, marked it running back with the flight from an awesome Holmes kick. And aren't Geelong good at creating holes in their 50 to lead into, the way they time their leads with each other? There was a passage in the second quarter where Cameron drew a free um, on the lead, and it was about timing his run. So Stengel had done a lead and he double-backed, and it's how well those cats forwards can time their lead with their teammate doubling back. So the hole is always there to lead into. And so to start a game with creating a hole for Dangerfield to lead into and Holmes spotting it up, that was that was my second favourite kick of the game. But yeah. I do think that Myers one is excellent. Yeah. What does this mean for the Cats? So Geelong are going to go into next week full of confidence. Uh, so they're either going to play Sydney or Collingwood, and so they've you know they they saw Collingwood's best shot a few weeks back, and they they came with a victory. So they're going to go into the game thinking, no matter who we play, if we play our way, we're going to win another premiership. Yep. For me, this means Geelong are the best team in the league. I think they are the best team this year. I think. You have to do so much right to be able to score on Geelong, to be able to work your way through their pressure and then to be able to take contested marks inside 50. It's yeah. a very difficult thing. Too much has to go right to score against Geelong. Yes. And so, and Geelong are very efficient offensively. And so I think they're the best team in the league and they're going to be the toughest out from this year. I am tipping them to win the premiership. As am I. Go the Catters. Go the Catters. If you're enjoying the How Bad on Footy podcast, please like and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Feel free to follow us on social media. Our socials handles are in the show notes. DM us for feedback on socials also. Thanks.